Hello, my wonderful Quiet Rebel, it's May Kay here. And before we jump into today's much needed to be heard episode, I want to let you know that this is brought to you by my upcoming live workshop on the 19th of January, 2022. And it's called Converse with Consent. And this has been brought into existence for podcasters, the summit hosts, Facebook group leaders, and interviewers who bring in guest experts onto their platforms and into their communities. And not only that, but also for the select few of them who are also committed to taking a more trauma-sensitive approach to hosting their guests so they can always be sharing their insights and stories from a place of consent and agency. And I really felt called to bring this into existence because there is a true lack of training around this in this industry. And I have witnessed firsthand other people and also myself the visceral discomfort and sometimes the distress that comes from being asked questions that are much more of an intrusive nature than it is from an insightful nature. So if you're the kind of person who wants to know how to better navigate these questions around some very tender topics at times, maybe some sensitive stories, this is the workshop for you. So if you are interested in learning more, head on over to makeasang.com forward slash consent, or you can find the link in the show notes as well. It's around the sponsor message that you will see in the show notes. And I really hope that you check it out. But of course, that is up to you. And if you're not a podcaster or an interviewer of any sort, if you know someone, I'd be incredibly grateful if you shared this with them as well. But ultimately, I really hope that by running this workshop, that there'll be much more interviewers out there in any shape or form who are able to converse with consent with their guests so that way the rich insights that we yearn for as an audience becomes more and more abundant. So that's my announcement for today. Thank you so much for listening and now let's get back to the episode. Hello my lovelies, this is May Kay Sang, your podcast guesting strategist and mentor, cat lover and the proud host of the Quiet Rebels podcast. This is the place for experts on the rise who are finally ready to stop playing small and to start showing up as the leader they've always been. And contrary to what you might think, you don't have to be the loudest person in the room in order to be heard. You've always been the type to see things differently and you've always chosen another pathway if the one laid out in front of you just doesn't align with your way of life. You're not alone in this. So to help you on your journey, I'm bringing conscious conversations to the table with myself and guest experts who will help you with the inner work that needs to be done in order to make a positive impact on the world with what you do. I see you. And now it's time to hear you, my friend. So please welcome to The Quiet Rebellion. Hello, my wonderful Quiet Rebels. So today's conversation is something I feel that all of us just need to hear more of, and that's the conversation around social media. 
And if you've ever felt like it controls you and you just feel like you have to run along with its own bandwagon and you want to just reclaim some control over your own mental well-being, then I have the perfect guest for you. So please join me in welcoming the amazing Ruby Vogelwood. So hey Ruby, thanks so much oh, for being here. <laughs> thank you for inviting me on. I'm so excited about chatting with you. <laughs> I know it's been like I love that when we first met we just like talked for ages and didn't we like, yes we did <laughs> and I just remember thinking like oh yeah I gotta have Ruby on, on this podcast to talk about this I'm and- sure I said uh, are we recording this <laughs> <laughs> damn all the good stuff happened off mic <laughs> yeah, you know what that always happens like in the green room and just like the first conversations and it's just when you're in flow right so I'm really hoping that we can capture some of that today <laughs> I hope so too <laughs> Yes. So I love that your personal motto is that you that you control social media, not the other way around. So I would love to know how this became your motto. Like what what made you knowledgeable around this area? What experiences have you had? Let, let us hear all the things. Um, oh, goodness. I think that's going to really set uh, <laughs> a great basis for our conversation. <laughs> well, that motto really came about when I was doing my TEDx talk in 2019. So at that point, I'd been running the business for about a year and a half at that point. And there was an opportunity to do the TEDx in my local town. I thought, right, I'm just going to go for it. Do you ever do that where something comes up and you, you, you're you not entirely sure how you're going to do it, but by vocalising it and telling somebody or putting your name down for it, it, it gives you that commitment. So you have to then yes. go through I, with it, right? I and that's that often... <laughs> Right. So that's how often how I work. Uh, an opportunity I seize an opportunity and I just I kind of grab hold of it and think, I'm just gonna throw myself in the deep end. So that's what happened with that. And as I was working through my talk and the story that I wanted to tell, that motto just just seemed to organically arrive through my thinking. And I remember at the time actually, when we were doing the rehearsals for it. And I said, you know, I really want to end on that motto at the end of my talk. And a number number of people said, it's too long. And I was like, yeah, but I can't, it just feels right to me. And for the the time being, that's just it. It's just got to, I'm just going to roll with it because it makes sense. And it is a statement of intent. And I feel as though it houses so much um, kind of emotion within that and permission within that and acceptance and, um, I suppose that acknowledgement that a lot of people back then, even in 2019, which isn't a long time ago, were sort of like feeling about social. And I thought it's really important. I just verbalise this in a way that people hopefully understand and and agree with and and see themselves within that. So that's where that emerged. Um, Yeah, as I say, through my prep talk for the TEDx And I'd arrived at that point because of the fact that having run my company for, like I say, about 18 months, I was suddenly engrossed in this world of social media to the point that I would go to sleep, but I couldn't sleep because I'd be constantly thinking about content, making content, uh, sharing it, uh, coming up with new ideas, wondering what was next, 
feeling the pressure to constantly be doing stuff, trying new things. Oh, I'm not on this platform, but I should be on that pl- platform. And I and I talk about this with clients, but why am I not on it? Surely I should be an expert in everything, in every channel, in every aspect, in every feature. And it just started to take over my life um, in a not very nice way. And it beca- And it just, my brain seemed to shut down because it couldn't, it obviously couldn't cope with all of this pressure that I was putting on it, on myself, on my performance within the business, on the expectations. Nobody else was saying it. Nobody else was coming to me. None of my clients were saying, oh, why aren't you on, you know, all the channels and why aren't you teaching or giving me techniques for, you know, every single feature that's coming out. It was just this feeling that I had and I developed because I was consuming so much social but I hadn't realized that I was doing it. It just sort of like happened along the, you know, over many days and weeks and months. Um, and it was only when I started to do the TEDx that I was able to carve out this time to unfold and look at every sort of aspect of my story in order to be able to retell it. That I suddenly thought, had this realization. I thought, oh my days, this is not right. And at the same time, I think it was, was it at the same time. I'm just trying to think of the timeline because I'm really rubbish with stuff like this. But I was also um, I'd, I'd come across this wonderful professor um, who was teaching people how to be more consciously digital. So aware of our engagement with all things digital, the science behind it how social media channels work, hook models behind it and all sorts and how we could then uh, work to, you know, sort of improve our relationship with, with, with all things digital. And those two aspects colliding transformed my business and the way that I felt, um, I suppose, more comfortable talking about this, uh, this desire to want to control social media rather than allowing it to control us. And that, that it's absolutely okay to do that. And it's absolutely okay to step off. I was stepping off the bandwagon, the track. I don't know what the analogy is or whatever idiom we're using here, but it's okay to say no and do it and find a way that works for you, your mental health, your business, and yeah, stuff what stuff the rules. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's okay. So that there's a lot of things. Sorry, there's a lot of things. Yeah, no. It's, it's like, oh, okay. Which gems can I pick out um, at the moment? So, I well, first of all, I think we should tell everyone what you actually do for your business. I feel like, oh yeah, I've done this. Business. Oh yeah, I've been a tenant. Oh yeah, we haven't done and that. I, I'm like, oh, hang on a second. Like, let's let's rewind a second. So, oh no. What do you do and how did the opportunity arise for you for for the TEDx talk? Like. I'm a terrible guest. Um, so, <laughs> so, my company is called Wild and Form Digital. So I am a social media strategist. So I help solo business owners, small business owners, marketing teams, in fact, lots of them at the moment, and schools as well, to basically get a plan, simple, effective plan on how to use social media really smartly, but in a way that isn't overwhelming. So I empower them with the skills and the knowledge, but also the confidence to be able to get what they want from social 
in the, the in a way that is intentional, is purposeful, and like I say, protects their mental their mental well being as well, which is vital for when it comes to creativity. And then, so that's the company that I started in 2017. And then about, I'm going to say about two, 18 months, two years ago, I founded a social enterprise with a business partner of mine. So um, we work with young people in particular, and we taught, we help teach them industry-ready digital skills, so coding and um, robotics and filmmaking. And in between all of that sort of stuff, I also go into schools and talk with young people about social media, their relationship with it, um, and the, the, the mental health aspect of that, and help them at that early age um, to really find ways to be able to control social media even at even at the age of sort of like nine ten because having those boundaries in place at that age is is vital for their ongoing their lifelong relationship with social and I often use my my daughter as a wonderful guinea pig because she's <laughs> she's almost 12 she's 12 next month um so yeah, that, that to me is important as well. So I do lots of different things, but it's all around the world of social media. Mm. And the TEDx talk, it, it, I, I, th- I think I must have seen a social media post, actually. Uh, it was happening in my local town. And like I said, I just thought, I want to do that. I'm going to be really out of my comfort zone. This is crazy, but let's do it anyway. <laughs> and I'm so glad I did. I'm, I'm really glad. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So I love that you're going into schools to teach um, kids boundaries around social media, because I look at um, my younger cousins who are currently in their teens, or they're just about to go into their teenagers. Mm. And I just, I just think and look at them and I'm like, wow, we did not have that at my age. You know, Um, we, we did, we played more board games and played outside a lot more. Yeah. Well, I did live at the end of a road where it's not as dangerous. Um, and we like really got on with our neighbors and all the things we had a swing set in the back garden. Um, and I was lucky enough to have a flip phone (laughs) (laughs) with a camera. OMG. (laughs) Like that, that was like, amazing that's advanced. Yeah. That, that's advanced, you know, back in the day. Right. (laughs) Um, now it's just so, not (laughs) (laughs) right I once threatened my daughter sorry uh, I said when she not threatened actually that's terrible when she first wanted a mobile phone she's only just got one actually it it was in the summer but I said you know what I think I might just get you a flip phone she was mortified I'd just rather not have one I was like oh damn (laughs) yeah I mean they they carry a certain status with them these days right mm-hmm. what kind of model phone you have and I've always been in the camp where like well it, so long as it works and it works anything else is a bonus right and I'm, I'm really I'm <laughs> I mean like me and my partner we have this a same kind of like mindset when it comes to quality of things so I'm like well if it works then it works if we can if we can invest higher to you know for this to last longer even better but so long as mm. it works it serves its original purpose anything else the bonus but hey <laughs> that, that, that's for our future selves to <laughs> um, but 
it's really important around, you know, as young as possible, I guess, to, you know, have those boundaries set because around that age, you are a lot more susceptible and impressionable, right? Um, and social media, there are very minimal things that we don't have access to these days, right? And that can be very mm. dangerous. Mm. So I'm curious, what kinds of, what kind of things do you, you know, guide them on to start with? Is there any particular resistance that you see, um, you know, kids have around social media because I'm wondering how much of it can translate into our adulthood right now um, around our own boundaries with social media. Yeah, in terms of resistance, I love having these conversations with with young people because they get through their PSHE lessons, they'll get a lot of the social media safety aspect. And that's that's vital. That's really important. When I go in, it's aligned with that but it's really cracking open those conversations about social that they just simply don't have with their teachers with their parents for a number of reasons um but it allows them to express the joy that they get from being on social media channels also some of the concerns that they have the worries incidents they've been involved with or that they've seen um that allow them to go well is this right and they go, but this happened and I did this. Is that the right thing? Or this is what I did. And then we unpick that. But in a completely non-judgmental, very safe um, environment, you know, I t- often talk to them about things like, well, so a, a few months back, we know, right? Instagram wanted to, they were, they were muting the, the, the talk about having Instagram for kids. So for between the age of six and um, I think it was, was it 12? Yeah. So I often have conversations with them. Is this right? Do you think that's acceptable? Would you welcome it? And we have debates, even at, you know, the, that nine-year-old kind of like age level. They've got opinions, they've got perspectives. But then I often say to them things like, well, how would you make it better? How would you improve that? How could you design something that helps to protect your mental well-being or offers greater security or, or privacy? They've got tons of ideas and I love listening to them. And I love the fact they get that opportunity to work in a team. They get to brainstorm their ideas. They get to present those back. It's just a much more relatable, open way for them to start talking about social media rather with, with, a, with a trusted adult rather than having or considering that stuff that happens in social stays in social when we know. We know that as adults, we know that's not the case, right? We know that there are implications psychologically, uh, socially, uh, legally even, that come with that, that world of social. But if we're able to open that dialogue with them at that age, how empowering is that for them to develop a more considered, a more purposeful relationship with tech that is going to be in their lives for for forever probably in some guise so if we're then able to have those conversations about mental health how does being on social make you feel how how does that make you feel physically how does that make you feel mentally who do you talk to about that describe some of the ways that you feel what happened um to have triggered that 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 feeling or that sentiment how do we how can we work through that how can we help 
you prevent uh, that happening again or the, that say having that same reaction if you come across a similar incident um and it's wonderful for them to be able to suddenly almost you talked about running around when when you were younger we used to do the same you know I think at the time we called it like British Bulldog. I don't know what they call it nowadays. Um, ring the bell. That rings ring the bell. Ring the bell, right. right. Okay, yeah, <laughs> ring the bell. There's always, a, it's, it's a different name, isn't it? But it's the same sort of thing. But it's that discovery, I suppose, um, that the stuff that they, they get joy from offline, whatever that is, if it's board game, if it's knitting, if it's talking to the grandma, if it's whatever it is, right? And they discovered a lot more of that during lockdown. It's about helping them to prioritise that alongside just sitting and scrolling with no purpose. But also acknowledging that when you're on social, because I never go in and go, social media is bad and real life is great, right? Or offline is great. It's understanding what you're getting from those relationships in a way that serves you as an individual. Mm. So, yeah we just get into so much and we've only got so much time yeah I'm not gonna keep talking (laughs) no I think I think that's really wonderful that it's it's like a co it's it's a collaborative process it sounds that it's not that you're just telling them what to do but it's like what do you think about this so that way they can be more on board because it's informed with their own ideas and their own thoughts and insights as well which I absolutely love and then just as you were speaking I was thinking how much of it still connects to how we are as adults now and it's true you know to be mindful of the relationship that we want to have with social media and how does it serve us in our current season of life right so for everyone who's listening right now who is um who is a business owner ruby um where would you advise that they start if they just have kind of been doing social media somewhat haphazardly maybe they have a content schedule that they planned in advance so that they're mm. not on it all the time, but even mm. that might not feel so great. I mean, I even did a post um, last week or the week before when I talked about consistency, how it mm. doesn't necessarily have to be in the terms of frequency, but intentionality. Mm. So, because my frequency, mm. quote unquote, <laughs> on, mm. on Instagram is terrible, uh, you know, for the algorithm. In, in like, I don't post every day. I do not post mm. every like I'm lucky if I post once a week <laughs> pretty much but every single post I do do mm. is incredibly intentional, intentional and that's what I'm there for that's my form of consistency that I choose um so I'm curious to hear from you um where do you think that fine line is between doing what works for us but still being on social media in a way that doesn't mean that we're at the mercy of the algorithm <laughs> every single time yeah I think being at the mercy of the algorithm, that the algorithm's not going anywhere, right? For instance, just if we just take Instagram, there's an algorithm for stories, for reels, for the feed, um, video. It's just if you if you focus on trying to pander to the algorithm gods, you're just going to get yourself so tied up, and you'll end up hating what you do on there. The you control social media are not the other way around is very much what you've said. It's about the intention. So if you decide to show up on one social media channel, whatever it is, um, you set the number of times that you want to show up in a week, twice a week, once a week in your case, whatever that is, right? Making sure that your content 
is the best it can be for that one post, you will make a difference with your audience who connect with it. And that could, once you've got that traction on it as well and you're connecting with them, that helps you to get the engagement, which helps to appease the algorithm to an extent. Mm. But there's also the parallel acknowledgement that you have to accept, which is if you're not going to be online, uh, I don't know, posting seven days a week, all of that sort of stuff that they want, then invariably you will grow your account or you will um, a lot slower. But that's okay. You're accepting that and you're like, you know what, that's fine. And I think a lot of that acceptance comes with a recognizing what you want to get out of your relationship with social for your business. But also, where is it that you're putting social in terms of your, your overall marketing? Because social isn't the silver bullet a lot of people think it is. It's very powerful, of course. But weirdly, is it weird? I think it is. I always encourage people to think about what else are you doing apart from social? Where's your newsletter connection? Where's your one-to-one networking? Where's your marketing? Where's your PR? Whatever it might be, what's in the the wider mix and how does social fit within that? But it always comes down to what is your intention? Once you've got your intention, you understand what your values are. You understand what your messaging is. Having that laser focus allows you to then almost, I think, kind of step away from that structure, that framework, and allow you to free, free form and allows your creativity to flow so much more because you're not, your brain isn't focused on trying to tick boxes for the algorithm. Instead, it's focused on, making connections, meaningful connections with your audience. And your that that audience might be just a hand, half a dozen people, but they know half a dozen people who know half a dozen people who know half a dozen, and so on and so forth. Mm. So your messaging, your intention, your desire to, to do what it is that you want to do with your business will grow. It might be a bit slower, but it will grow. Yeah. And that's where you, and then you suddenly get this wonderful goodness and the, the amazing feeling is, is that you you develop this almost sort of like JOMO, you know, the joy of missing out to an extent. Mm. Does that make sense? Because you've got this intention, you understand where you want, what you want to be able to get out of social. So you start to develop this more, uh, you're more in control. You're the one in the driving seat because you're accepting of the fact that you're bypassing the algorithm or you, you you acknowledge it's there, but you're like, I'm just going to move past you and kind of do my thing. Mm. Um, which allows you to sleep easier at night. Absolutely. And first of all, I've never heard Jomo before. Joy of missing out. Like, oh, I'm going to oh, use yeah. that way more. <laughs> yeah, it's the joy. The joy of missing, missing out. out. And I love how there is the sense of hope there because um, – when you said, oh, even if you don't post very often, the engagement that you can get can, you know, still appease the algorithm, basically. And, so, and I, when I thought about it, I was like, oh, yeah, that, that's true. Because while I personally post like once or twice a week, if I'm, if I'm feeling it, sometimes mm. more, sometimes less, mm. every time I, I'm extremely grateful that my Instagram audience 
they they do start conversations with me sometimes in the comments very often in the dms mm. as well because i tend to have quite a a lot of private conversations because the things i talk about it's not really something that they want other people to see what they're talking yeah. about um so my my engagement does is very good when it comes to those posts even though they are like static posts they're not carousels mm. they're not mm. reels they're not you know, um, all those things so it's really good to know and it's, it's important right to weigh up what the cost is what cost are we willing to absorb is it the cost of not appeasing the algorithm but but for our mental health or vice versa you know right exactly um, so what cost think- are we willing to absorb right now and when you have that clarity around that that's what allows you to feel free and allows you to be more creative because your mind isn't tangled up in a knot around what to post oh no I haven't posted today what can I post about well I'll take a picture of my I don't know my breakfast and I'll just stick it on there or whatever, right? And my other, and my other one toast. And hopefully, someone will understand what my messaging is behind that, and then they'll buy into whatever it is that I'm selling. And then you just—that's just the—I've—I've I've been there and I've done not with our own toast, but I've been there and I've done that. So hopefully, your listeners will learn from my my lessons and you know and my pains and that just stepping out of that race. There's that phrase, right? Stepping out of the race that you never wanted to be in anyway. Oh, the freedom that comes with that is immense i love it i love that space outside the race yeah Ooh, not intending to be a poet right, <laughs> write it down someone are we recording <laughs> <laughs> yes we are recording it's all good <laughs> but yeah that's no that's, that's a really good point and i slowly but surely got into that point as well and i've started noticing a lot a lot of my followers they do thank me because when I talk about these things of like, oh, yeah, I know I quote unquote should be doing this, but I'm doing this instead. They're like, no, thank you. At least it's yeah. nice to know that someone else could do something different. Um, because I, I personally get quite activated whenever I see. Mm. I, I understand. I, I can honestly understand where they're coming from. We're, with social media strategists, there's one in particular I'm thinking of who I will not name, but um, who did like an infographic type of post of, um, or when it comes to Instagram reels, stories, carousels, lives, oh, my days. whatever, my head's exploded. And and then she, <laughs> and then she wrote down how many times we quote unquote should do that in a week. And it was like one of them was like every day, multiple times a day. Another one was like three times a week. And I'm like, I'm like it's not that I don't have time to that. I don't want to make time for that, <laughs> and I don't want right. to hire someone to do that as well. That's because a- it feels very overwhelming personally. So yeah. No, I absolutely agree. That's a job in itself. And as, as, you know, I'm I'm a solo business owner, primarily. I don't have the time for that. (laughs) I've got other stuff I need to be doing. I need to be doing stuff for my clients. So again, I know that if I got tangled up in that, as I have done, it's just not conducive for anything. And the first thing that I understand it impacts is my mental health which then has an impact on my relationship with my daughter and my family, my self-esteem, all of that sort of like spiral stuff, right? And I don't want to be in that space. Mm -hmm. Um, So I want to be able to try and put in boundaries that allow me to to, to flourish and to to be happy because we all deserve that. I know that, that might sound a bit twee, I don't know, but it's, 
incredible that how we cannot go through a single day without social media coming up in some aspect, a news aspect, a conversation, you turn on the radio. Do people listen to radio? I do. I'm old. But, you know, it's it infiltrates <laughs> it infiltrates our lives more than we probably realize so yeah I want to I'm controlling it not the other way around yeah we can absolutely control our relationship with it because it's very unlikely to ever go away right and so it's like okay let's see what we can do with it yeah it's really refreshing to hear that we do have that choice especially with pressure that we do get from Mm. other people and self-imposed pressure like right. that can be just as strong <laughs> as external yeah. pressure, right? Um, to yeah. to be on all the time, but it's really really good to hear from you as as someone who actually helps people with this stuff. It's refreshing yeah. to hear from from your point of view as well. So I'm curious as we start wrapping up here, Ruby, um, in your own business, what does your social media relationship look like? <laughs> it, it, um... Do you know what? I'm really pleased with where it's at at the moment. I had a break over summer, so I took the month of I was uh, I took the, I think it was the month of August off. Yes, the month of August. Um, it was quiet in my business, and I'd started to feel as though um, my my daughter was off. And I thought, Do you know what? I why why am I sitting here trying to keep busy um, when what I should be doing is enjoying the time with my daughter right so I made that decision and I thought right closing down that's fine but what that allowed me to do was then come because I'd switched my brain off I was then able to come back uh towards the back end of of August into September and I felt refreshed I felt vibrant I had lots of energy it was awesome I'm not saying this happens all the time when you have a a social media break but I think 99% of the time it does So that then allowed me to continue as I had been doing this whole year, which was just looking at a a small number of channels, two or three, and then looking at my content that I put out on each of those. I'm on LinkedIn. I'll put maybe one, two posts a week out on LinkedIn. And I rank in the top 1% of my category on LinkedIn. Because again, it comes back to what you were saying. It's about the posts that I share are done with intention and with purpose, and they have great value around them. And then I post on Instagram. Um, and then I might do, I don't know, three posts a week, maybe. I'll put a handful of stories, but that's pretty much it. Um, I know that in the new year, I'll be coming back with my Instagram live series in conversation with which is where I host a 20-minute live conversation with people. And I love doing that. But again, that's just for a short period of time. I'll have like four or five guests. So it'll run for four or five weeks. But then it gives me lots and lots of content that I can repurpose throughout, you know, the following like three to six months. So it's really nice and simple. And it works for me. It helps me remain creative. It helps me stay on point with what my messaging is. And I love the fact that some days I don't post or some days I don't want to show up on stories. And that that, that therein is where lies that, that beauty in that relationship because I'm, I know what the role that I want it to play in my business. I know what it's adding 
in terms of value to, to what I'm trying to achieve in the wider part of my business, which is connected to the wider part of what I want to be able to get out of life. Mm. Um, so that's what it looks like. It looks really simple and it looks intentional. And I post with, hopefully with purpose. Oh, I love that. And even though no one else can see you right now, um, I just want to, <laughs> yeah. um, I just want to just acknowledge your body language as you were speaking. Um, you're, you're, very relaxed and and it's just kind of like well you know if it happens then it happens so it just goes to show that you're definitely walking your talk here you're embodying your work um in a way where you are present on social from a place of freedom as opposed to a place of force where you feel like you're forced to do this x amount of times a week on x platforms right and so i just wanted to acknowledge that i i saw it like as you were speaking and really again it's really refreshing and reassuring um, to hear especially because it's the work that you do with clients as well <laughs> <laughs> all right so Ruby we have talked quite a bit around you know how we can just really be more mindful um, with our mental well-being when it comes to social media so I'm curious for everybody who's listening right now what's one takeaway or one action step that they can consider trying out mm. um, you know just just to round off this conversation like where can they start really I would probably start with do a bit of an audit on your channels. I can bet there's probably at least one social media channel that you are like fed up with or you just think, why the heck am I on this channel? Ditch it, right? If it does not bring you joy, you're not going to be able to create that the connection that you desire between your content, what you're saying and your audience, which is ultimately why we're on there, right? We want to be able to create these bonds. So just ditch it for the time being. You can come back later on in a few months, a few weeks, whatever it is, a few years, and, and, and connect that back into your strategy. But simplify things. So do the audit and simplify things. I often say to clients, work with one, maybe two channels, tops. Um, you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone sometimes because the, the, the channel that you choose isn't necessarily the one that, you feel most comfortable with but it remember it's we're trying to get into the space where our our potential clients they feel most comfortable in so we're entering their space um but yeah so I do an audit keep it super simple ditch what you don't need and another one would be probably set your intention what is it that you want to be able to get out of that channel and how often are you happy you truly happy and can manage to show up on with quality content so if that is just once a week on instagram well you you smash it out the park with that one post and you do it every week Mm. over time you'll start to that's when your your relationship with social will start to shift you'll see the you'll see that the, the 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 power play i suppose move more in in your favor and when that happens, you'll start to develop this inside uh, kind of, I suppose, flourish. And, I, you know, your ideas will start to flow out of you. Mm. And at that point, you then start considering, well, could I do two posts a week? OK, let's give it a go. Or could I add another channel in? Let's give it a go. It's, you, can always, you can always ditch it, right? It's always an experiment. 
but do what is do what you need for right now in a way that really nurtures what you want to be able to say and the connections you want to make and the way that you want to move the business forward yes that that's a very important uh balance to have that is efficient for you to to sustain that's also yeah. effective for your business okay absolutely that's it all right so really for for those who are listening who would love to connect with you and see what your services are and just to just kind of like just to connect right where where can they go to connect with you whether it's on various social platforms <laughs> tell us all the things i'll link them up in the show notes <laughs> oh thank you i'd say head to my website which is wildinformeddigital.com or come and have a chat with me on instagram same handle at wildinformeddigital and i'm also on linkedin under my name ruby vocal word but just come and have a chat if there's a something that's cropped up in this podcast that you want to discuss further you want to be able to think well how does that how could that work for me really ask me <laughs> i'd love i love awesome. talking about audience. yeah <laughs> let's chat about it <laughs> okay so website linkedin instagram got it it'll all be in the show <laughs> so thank you for sharing those ruby and i've got two final questions for you before we wrap up are you ready yeah. go for it <laughs> so number one is what makes you a quiet rebel oh no I told you I'm gonna have difficulty (laughs) answering this question no I am I feel as I am a quiet rebel it's really weird um in that there is no box there is yeah there isn't (laughs) I get I have these conversations in my head all the time about how I suppose I want to be able to challenge the conversation around social media. I suppose that's where a lot of my ideas come about. And I have this wonderful dialogue with me in my head and I want to be able to change, you know, change the world, or change the kind of opinions and empower lots of young people in particular. And I suppose it's that, that, that notion of the conversations that I'm having and then putting it with the rebellious streak, which comes out in my, I suppose my kind of my louder form, my extroverted form, my yeah, my my presenter role, <laughs> which is where I think I've got to make this happen. But it's I suppose it's that balance between that that sort of like a desire to want to to connect with people, to, to present ideas, to be really energetic about them. But it's the quiet rebel inside me from where it all really starts. That's a, it's like the iceberg bit, right? The quiet rebel is the 90% of stuff that's happening in my head and inside my heart where I get mega, mega passionate. And then that extrovert uh, part of me comes out for that, that final 10% that actually helps to kind of like make that bit happen. Yeah. I don't know if that made any sense oh, whatsoever. Oh, I, I, can see, I, can see. <laughs> <laughs> I love those moments. Yeah, so it sounds like the quiet rebel in you is the, it drives everything that you do do. Yeah, that's where yeah. my ideas take place. Yeah. That's where it's I start to, yeah, the form, visualize, I visualize yeah. uh, stuff. And then it's the, oh, I better verbalize it. I've got to tell somebody, I've got to commit to this. A bit like the TEDx thing. Mm. You know, I knew about it. And then I started to have this, um, conversation inside of me which was a 
I've got to talk about people's relationship with social media. What is happening out there in the world is not right. Something big is happening in terms of our human relationship with these channels. And I know lots of people will be going through it, but nobody said anything. And I need to say something. I want to be able to start that conversation. I think it's important we start opening it up and so that people can say, oh, that's happening to me as well. And right, well, what do we do about it? So that all that dialogue happened inside of me. And then, you know, I got online. I was like, fine, fill the form in, press send. Ah, it's going to happen. <laughs> and it happened. Oh, yes, happened. I need to make sure. I will definitely link your TEDx talk. Oh, thank you. It's on my website. Yeah, definitely. I'll ping you the link. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. All right. So that's what makes you quite rebel. I've got one final question for you. So for those of you who are consistent listeners, you know what's going to happen next. Thank you for your first episode. And you picked a really great episode to start with, by the way. When do you hear the sound? That means it's time for us to learn about a a weird a weird fact or a fun story <laughs> about our wonderful guests of today. So Ruby, you are in our seat today. So what do okay. you have for us? Something that no one else knows on the internet. <laughs> Something that no one else knows on the internet. Uh, the only thing that springs to mind at the minute is um, Craig David once presented me with an industry award um what was it called it's over there can I just run and get it yeah so I can read it hold on one second bear with me callers (laughs) (laughs) so while she is going to grab that I do know I was actually thinking of Craig David Craig David songs the other day so that's super super cool so oh gosh so no one can see this but I can it looks beautiful so this yeah so this was an award I was given back in all my days 2014 (laughs) so this was by the uh so we used to work in the ad and marketing industry and they had a charity um organization for the industry um and it's called NABS and I was awarded the Centurions Award so my peers in the industry nominated me for this award which and I think at the time it was something like um just being an I think it was like kindness or amazing person I don't know something like that random anyway the point is the odd bit is Craig David presented it with me and I went backstage and I met him and I had I had uh, yeah some photographs with him and stuff, and I remember specifically at the time because he then sang at the after party of this award ceremony, and I remember the people who hired him said, "Yeah, Craig David is coming back. This is his comeback," and I was like, "Really?" <laughs> um, but um, more for me because since then he's he has come back and he's big, he's massive, he's bigger than ever before. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's the odd fact and. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, I, I'm totally going to like listen to Craig David's songs after we finish it. Oh, we should. But, we should. <laughs> but I absolutely love that. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And thank you for letting me see it on this Zoom, <laughs> with, you know, how we're recording this interview today. And Ruby, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on to the Quiet Rebels podcast today to talk about all things, how we can really be in more control of social media for our well-being and yet still have it to be effective for our business as well so thank you so much all the links that i shared everyone um to connect with ruby i popped into the show notes as well as her tedx talk so please be sure to check it out 
yeah thank you so much for for being here oh no thank you and I really hope your listeners have have enjoyed have enjoyed this and yeah just thank you honestly thank you so much and so my lovely there we have it so everything that we mentioned in today's interview will be popped into the show notes so be sure to head for that link and if you haven't done so already i would so love it if you could subscribe to this podcast because that way you don't miss a single episode and another conscious conversation and of course if you feel cool too i would so appreciate it if you could leave a rating and review because that really helps other quiet ripples find us Oh my goodness. Okay, another great episode. And so I will be back, same place, same time next week for another episode of the Choir Rebels podcast. So until then, my lovely, do take care and bye for now.